Let's just oh. get it going, hey? Just go for it. Um, that's recording now, so. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess our intro is going to be something we'll come up with, but we say, uh, what are we doing, Zach? Welcome to Keep Rolling Podcast, the Keep Rolling yeah. Podcast. The um, Keep Rolling Podcast. That one sounds pretty good. The, it gives it an air of authority <laughs> around it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A podcast I think we are talking about. We've got a, we started an Instagram page what in the start of COVID or something, or it might have even been before. We haven't really kicked it off, uh, but we're on discussion. We wanted to get into more of the BJJ grappling content again and specific to our our area, I guess. Um, as physios, uh, you're at Brown Belt uh, under as Southern Cross Jiu Jitsu Academy, Hodge, and I'm a Blue Belt uh, still. Not much jiu-jitsu happening at the moment for me, but thought we'd talk, people. <laughs> we thought we'd um, talk all things BJJ, injury prevention, rehab, uh, and anything else really relating to uh, longevity on the mats. So, do you want to give us a little bit of a background of you? When did sure. you start? When did you start BJJ? I uh, started jiu-jitsu in it'd be 2011, actually uh so coming up on yeah about 11 years um training for a while still yeah. still brown belt <laughs> so did you um, have you always been at southern cross always been at southern cross yeah did you start was it then the old um the old gym was there a- yeah uh old gym um in the back streets town point um yeah yeah uh, had a little break for the hsc um to get through uh to get into physio and then, uh, yeah, back into it through uni. So, 2000, what did you say, 2011? 2011, yeah. I'm pretty sure that gym is where CrossFit Cronulla went into. It's like, yeah, I think it is, yeah. And then, yeah, that's interesting because I never knew that. And then I saw the old pictures of um, the gym and, I was, and someone was telling me where it was. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's where the CrossFit gym went into. And then maybe okay. is it where... Um, the Cronulla strength and movement or something now? I don't know. I, th- I still think it's a gym. I think it is. I know. I think one of the guys that used to train at our gym ended up having a gym out of there. It might've moved right. on by now. Yeah. But, right. um, yeah. They're definitely, uh, I think, I think it's just kind of passed through different gym owners. Yeah. So when, tell did, us uh, when did you start? Oh, I actually started training. I was thinking about, I, I had this conversation with someone, um, last time I rolled because obviously it's I'm a bit sporadic at the moment um, but I actually started in 2016 my first actually I'll take that back my first ever introduction to jiu-jitsu was at TP, the old TP gym I was playing footy and it was like 2012 and I went and had a few trial sessions at TP I kind of didn't commit to it I think I remember showing up, no gi, like no gi with me, and as a gi night, and just kind of going, oh man, this is it's a bit confronting, and <laughs> like not knowing what to do. Um, and then, kind of, I think I went to two sessions, three sessions, maybe. I went, ah, oh, you know what, I'll I'll leave it for another time. And then I started. Um, I worked with one of the boys from the gym and he was always at me to, to come down and, and train. And it took until 
like 2016. Then I pulled the trigger and went, no, I'm, I'm coming. I've always wanted to do it, so I got into it. And then I've trained ever since, but I say uh, I'm, a, I'm a long, I'm a tortoise in this race. Like it's a marathon for me because it's six years, it's six years since training, starting training, but it's a slow burn. Me, I, I probably average at the moment when I look at my sessions, I'm like probably once a week, if that. Uh, but obviously some some life events in those times. So I'm happy just to be still training. I don't think I'll ever stop, but um, yeah, 2016 I started. Yeah, right. Mm, so still getting beat up by everyone, but <laughs> when I go. <laughs> um, it's just time. It's just time on the mats. <laughs> uh, I know, exactly. Uh, and then, all right, so you've been training jiu-jitsu since 2011 and then physio or school and physio and then mm-hmm. now obviously working up there at Sutherland at Flow. Um, working, on, working for you for three or four years now? <laughs> yeah, I think 2019 you started, yeah, okay. July. Three. Yeah, that's right, three years. Just had July. my third birthday here. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's been good and... Obviously, we see with our with our background and kind of our network of jujitsu kind of uh, friends, uh, we see a fair few injuries and things come through the door, and that's what yep. gave birth originally to the idea of the keep rolling kind of program. Basically, just taking uh, with jujitsu. Uh, obviously, for me, being starting later, but obviously, when you look at the history in Australia, it's it's not a hugely uh, mature sport. Obviously, there's I think um, Hodge is one of the first black belts, I think. Uh, you'd know that history a bit better than I in Australia. So one of the, the original first sort of crew to uh, get a black belt, I think. Um, so a, a relatively uh, not a mature sport. So not much in the way of like specific like rehabilitation, uh, injury management, um, research, et cetera, around um jiu-jitsu grappling and and obviously there's much more coming out with the trend and becoming much more popular um but the originally the birth of keep rolling was to kind of have a the pathway for people to come and sort of talk to physios that they know uh actually train and have an idea about uh, jiu-jitsu to help them get back on the mats and stay on the mats and have longevity on the mats so you've seen a fair few obviously injuries in your time Tell us about your your injury history, Zach. My injury history? Yeah. Oh, God. Hundreds of them. <laughs> um, Major uh, to minor. Give us a yeah, few right. breakdown. You've had. Well, let's, start, let's start with the main one. I've dislocated my shoulder five times, Yeah. Um, which is great. Had to have a reconstruction on that, which is a pretty intensive rehab process, I guess you'd say. Yeah. About a year off the mats, uh, ongoing rehab to yep. uh, kind of prevent, uh, prevent anything from going south. Um, that'd be the main one. Um, what year was that again? You, that was... Oh, surgery was two years ago, actually. Yeah, two years ago as, as of two days ago. Was it? Uh, yeah. No, three days ago, 20th of August, I had it in, uh, in 2020. So, um, yeah, it's been an ongoing process coming back from that one. Um, fair bit of lost confidence after that. So yeah. a bit of time off work, a bit of time off training, but... Uh, appreciation for staying injury free in that time yeah it's it's amazing i think um with those high trauma injuries like 
whether it's a knee or a, a shoulder particularly, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's it's tough to get back the confidence, but then also yep. just getting back on the mats and things. It's um it's a big task. And I think that's what what's important about the ongoing kind of reduction or pre- like they say prevention, but reduction stuff. Yep. Make, making sure that you're kind of doing what you need to make sh- to do to make sure that yep. that doesn't happen again. Because obviously um, the last thing that we want to see is another injury to that shoulder. If you've already dislocated, then had a reconstruction, then um, you just need to make sure that doesn't happen again. How did you do That's it? exactly right. Uh, first time. God, that was the first one. I uh, slipped on some sweat, had my arm. Uh, I was in bottom half guard, um, went to post up onto my hand, slipped on some sweat, popped my arm into the, uh, the classic abduction yeah. external rotation position with uh, with another training partner coming down on me at the same time. Mm. Um, out it came and managed to relocate it myself. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty common, I guess, positioning for that type of injury. Um, pretty serious injury too. Did um, you have any bone loss, any injury? I did, like yeah. So, and- yeah, I had a heel sacs and a uh, bony bank heart. I can't remember the exact percentage of the bone loss, but for the surgery I had, you do – want to have bone loss if you haven't had bone loss it's not the right surgery um for the one i had uh, it just ends up your bone resorbs um so definitely had some bone loss and that's that's what contributed to the four later dislocations is, is the loss of uh, loss of bony concavity and the loss of the ligamentous stability um so as much as i did try to rehab it build up the strength yeah. and stability actively i uh I didn't have the passive structures there to to allow me to stay anatomical <laughs> yeah i guess um, for people listening it's like it's one of the things that we look at if someone dislocates that there is a what we call a hill sacs lesion which is like a, a think of a dent on the the actual uh, ball part of the the shoulder joint or a, a bank heart kind of lesion which is like a uh, an injury or a kind of bone injury sometimes uh the bone and labrum and things uh, of the actual socket. So if you have those kind of in those sort of injuries concurrent with the dislocation, then it's often very hard to kind of conservatively rehab someone that's got that. You kind of never get back. You, you, you struggle to get back kind of that into those positions of um, uh, appar- or those like out, out here positions mm. that kind of just tend to be the recurrent dislocators and, when it's recurrent, you kind of think, okay, I've got to got to do something something else here. Um, so yeah. five times, five times, yeah, pretty extensive. Um, I, I might be butchering the statistic, but I, I think for every thousand contact hours in jiu-jitsu, you average about nine injuries. Um, because of that injury, it ended up being a fair bit more for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah I think that out. just speaks to the importance of uh of, of prehab strength training. We'll probably just your injuries like, that you have correctly. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. I think also having a, a kind of a base level of like standard to kind of perform. Like obviously you just you don't need to train and do strength training mm. things like if you don't want to, but cool. I guess the the actual sort of stats that we look at with uh, sports injury and things is uh, I think it's a two thirds or sixty six percent decreased risk of sport injury just from um, having a decent strength program uh, yeah. ongoing. And then if you look at the injury reduction stuff and 
like we were talking about, there's with it being kind of not as much research around the injury prevention side, if you look at the sports like soccer and things like that and their injury reduction programs, there's some significant decreases made, especially with like knee traumas, 50% decreased knee trauma, like ACLs and things like that. Um, and then across the board with soft tissue injuries, just by implementing a two twice week weekly injury kind of warm up, redu- injury reduction warm up, like the FIFA 11 plus or whatever it is. And then I guess that brings us on to kind of why we wanted to do this and what we're, what we'll continue to look at is uh, any of the research that's coming out and then some of the stuff that helps people stay on the mats. Because as we know, it, you kind of get to, a lot of people get to points in jiu-jitsu with, and life, uh, family, injury, thing. there's lots of things that might keep you away from the mats, but injury is one of the big ones. It's a barrier to kind of getting people back, especially if they have a major trauma or a, an injury like a shoulder dislocation, a knee, uh, a ligament injury, a cruciate ligament injury or something like that, um, which, I mean, uh, pretty common from, from what we've seen in the clinic Um I don't know about you. I've, I've seen dislocations uh, as a yep. big one. There's probably there's three off the top of my head that I can think about. Just jujitsu were, were dislocation, shoulder dislocations, uh, postlateral corner injuries of, of late. I think over the last two years. Um, yeah. I, I guess with the the kind of rise of the the leg lock game and things like that, and I think a lot of um, postlateral corner corner injuries, LCL injuries, and stuff that have come through. Yeah. Um, and then all the the other normal kind of back necks sort of niggle more non-traumatic stuff, but more uh, ongoing management. Have you seen anything else that you'd add to that? Uh, I've seen a few ACLs come through from jujitsu, not even related to, you know, you mentioned the leg lock game, just related to the positioning, the, the kind yeah. of demands of stand up passing guards. Um so a few ACLs, uh, I've seen a few kind of elbow hyperextension rotations, oh, which yeah. um, were, you know, intense to get back. Uh, the, the, the athlete in particular is a pretty high performer. Yeah. Um, a few necks, uh, a few people uh, either getting dumped on their head in sweeps, takedowns, or by their own uh, lack of coordination and rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um that's def- definitely a fair few um very interesting i guess presentations it's it's, it's mm. it ankle be, yeah the ankle fracture too didn't you or it's an ankle <sighs> foot do you remember oh yes yeah. yeah no we did yeah judo related ankle fracture yeah. that's right god we've had a we've had a lot of injuries through <laughs> well i mean and again <laughs> that's it, it, haven't we? It, it's always it's always part of Injury is just part of sport and kind of yeah. you're never going to prevent it. But it. if if we have the knowledge and we from our backgrounds and things, being physios, EP, and across the research and training, um, then at least we can disseminate some of the info um, that is out there to help people stay on the mats. Um, obviously, like I said, you never fully prevent injuries. You just can't prevent them, but you can reduce risk and yeah. Um, I guess that brings us on to the study that we kind of chose or the area that we chose. We're talking about um, concussions um, and contact sports and um, neck-related stuff. Uh, Do you want to run through kind of the the studies that we're looking at? 
Sure. Uh, well, basically, we were, we were looking at a study from 2014 uh, from like Collins, um, <laughs> Collins and others. Uh, basically, what the main takeaway that I found from that one is that for there's a potential potential reduction in concussion risk um, for every pound increase in neck strength. You have about a five percent uh, reduction in concussion potentially, um, which if you can reduce the chances of concussion. That's always important, um, especially knowing that later in life, uh, people that are having recurrent concussions are more likely to be depressed, have suicidal ideation and have neurocognitive uh, disorders. Um, so, yeah, I think that was pretty interesting. If we, if we can make a, make a small effort to potentially reduce concussions, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um... What do you think the main kind of mechanisms you'd see in grappling jiu-jitsu and sure. things for concussion, head trauma? Uh, so kind of what we touched on before, I'd say takedowns um, are a big mm. one. So uh, a few years ago, I had a training partner who got hit with a, a sotogari, which is like a, it's a judo takedown. So you're going down flat onto your back, but that kind of whiplash style mechanism, head hitting the, head hitting the mat, he did yeah. actually end up getting a concussion. Um, and then outside of that specifically, takedown sweeps, um, having your head driven into the mat, um, basically anything that's going to exert a high velocity force, either rotationally yeah. or just straight up and down, has the, has the risk of developing a concussion in it. Well, I guess such such an important thing is how, learning how to break fall and stuff like that. And yeah. early in the piece, and you'd see people that just don't know how to becomes. Yeah. Uh, higher risk i guess for those concussions and then obviously you've just got like concussion is such a big topic obviously with all the cte stuff in the states and then also all the protocols in the league and everything that we see now uh and it's such an important one that i think it's so it's sh- the light that's been shone on it especially with the long term like the long tail effects you you need to be protecting kind of um doing everything you can to reduce the risk for people. And I guess the um, the study that we're looking at there and the uh, there was a review that was done, I think, more recently than the 2014 that included that study. Uh, the takeaways were, and maybe we can just link to it, uh, it's called Injury Reduction Programs for Reducing the Incidence of Sports-Related Head and Neck Injuries, Including Concussion. Uh, the key points with the greater neck strength may be associated with decreased incidence of sports-related concussion. Um, it stated that kind of evidence exists to support incorporating neck exercises in these in injury reduction programs for head and neck injuries in high school and adult athletes uh, participating in contact sports. So basically the stronger necks have the ability to influence change in the head velocity Um they're noted when anticipating kind of contact. So obviously if it's a if it's a head injury or blow to the head or neck area that you're not anticipating, you don't have the the chance to kind of stiffen up and and change that velocity of um, the head. But I mean, something as simple as adding some neck exercises into our warm-up and we'll talk warm-ups and things down the track. Um, may help us to see a reduced risk of uh, a reduced kind of incidence of concussion injuries yeah, just in in the everyday kind of athlete on the mats or or the competitive athlete. Yeah, 
And I think that makes sense. Like obviously in uh, striking sports, they often say that the uh, the blow that knocks you out is the one you don't see coming. Uh, if you don't see it coming, you don't brace for it. Yeah. Um, and so if we if we do translate that to what you just said, it's it's the the things that you're not bracing for, whether that is in jujitsu, um, judo, combat sports, whatever it is. It's when you're when you're not anticipating it. Mm. Um, so take a bit of time to to train the rigidity, strength in your neck, and your ability to brace your neck. And you'd think it should should reduce your risk of concussion. I think it makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, the takeaway then is like adding to your warm-ups, even if it's jiu-jitsu, if you're training mm-hmm. a couple of times a week. I think there was a dose relationship in the re- the systematic review as well. I think it was like three times a week or something like that, or it might have been, uh, it might have been a limitation actually. But um, I think adding in some next strength exercises um, mm-hmm. is a, a something that probably doesn't get done too much, I guess. Like, yeah. Um, look at the wrestlers and things they do a lot of the neck stuff um, and off, yeah. obviously they you kind of see them with those with their traps and things they're, they're looking yeah. like uh, Yoel Romero and stuff like that you kind of that's obviously what you want to do is you just want to build the protection around the neck so um, I guess what would be your top three exercises top three exercises yeah uh, film, it. film it yeah I, uh, I, I don't I don't go hard out straight into the wrestling drills let me tell you that no not a, not a good man, starting point it scares me obviously yeah. that's a that's a seasoned kind of veteran someone that's been doing it for a long time even i don't know it just scares me seeing some of them but uh where would you start i'd start with a theraband wrapped around my head i uh jokingly call it the poor man's iron neck just because that thing is very expensive um, just yeah, pop a pop a band around your head, anchored to a wall, stand a little bit away, have like a anti movement. So the band yeah. band's trying to pull your head forwards, you're yeah. resisting that. And then I like to go side to side, um, and then do a similar thing where we go side on. Band's trying to pull my pull me into side flexion, so pull my head across, going up and down. You can do it pretty much in any plane you want. You can yeah. stand away from it and turn your head. That's a pretty easy one you know it's not many barriers setting that up most people yeah. have a theraband um if you don't they're not exactly expensive to grab yeah um it doesn't take a lot of effort it's not uh it's not as scary as pressing through your spine and doing headstands up and down and flipping through the mat um, yeah. but it can just you know load up some of the neck musculature a little bit in a in a pretty tolerable way um, yeah. so that's probably one of my go-to's for, for starting a bit of a neck warm-up. Yeah. Um, what about you? Do you have any do you have anything that you typically will? Uh, if if I'm talking like uh, just like just everyday grapplers, uh, I just I start them with ISOs. I, I think just a simple ISO each way, even without oh, like yeah. some of the footy guys that I've done. We just do even if it's ten second holds or something, and you're just kind of building up kind of counter pressure. And then you're yeah. doing kind of flexion, extension, side flexion, maybe a bit of rotation stuff, and just starting there. Uh, yeah. I like yeah the the poor man's iron iron neck as well. And then the like version variations of the bridging, I think, are, are easier to do. Like in yeah. instead of going to full kind of some of the like full on heavy weight bearing stuff, like even just yeah. on a wall, on a bench, yeah. to then on a bench, and kind of just practice those again. It's just the same principles apply to like trying to build neck strength to any kind of strength and conditioning 
program, you want some progressive load. So if if you if you don't know, don't go to the the more elite sort of stuff, the heavy stuff. Yeah. Just start it easy, and then build yeah. progressively build. And that might mean graduating the kind of angle that you're doing those bridging exercises on. Yeah, more time in the ISOs, heavier band, obviously with the the band work and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then adding like your trap stuff as well. So even just some shrugs and things I think is is pretty um, pretty good for all of that. If you add in some some upper trap work as well, just doing some shrugs, I think um, yeah. a, a few good options anyway for some uh, injury reduction stuff or as just part of the strength and conditioning program. Yeah, absolutely. Um, around what you just said too, like oh, I'm often saying to, saying to my clients here, uh, you're never going to regret going back that little bit slower. No. Uh, you're always going to regret going back too fast, trying too hard too soon. And yeah. that's pretty much bang on with what you were just saying around the, the neck, the progressively loading it. Um, you don't want to start too hard. You want to start easier, yeah. find it easy, comfortably move yourself up. Yeah, um, You're going to get much further ahead. Um, even similar to what you said before about, yeah, yeah, tortoise race suit jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you're there once a week, but if you're there once a week for 20, 30 odd years, you're going to get there rather yeah. than burning yourself out real quick. Um, so better well, to do I, a little bit and over a longer period of time than go hard out and you know what we should do is categorize our rehab slash prevention exercises mm-hmm. into into belt colors. So like white belt. <laughs> like, this is a white belt thing, just meaning that it's like the yeah. easy version. The yeah. blue belt's a little bit harder. The purple, I reckon that's a good idea. That, that's that's not a bad idea. Because then you want to yeah. like, what's the what's the hardest exercise? It's the black belt. It's the black version. Yeah. There you go. That's that's a very good idea, actually. So let's put out. Let's put out our neck. Our our neck kind of um, exercises, um, maybe in just a post or something, and we can yeah. uh, link to these studies in this this as well. What are you going to call it? You're going to go down the uh, Danaher route and systematic neck progression, (laughs) (laughs) systematically building the neck. (laughs) No, I don't think so. What do you think? I don't know. Let's just, let's just put some stuff out and see what what sticks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. That's good. I think let's, uh, let's come up half an hour already. So um, let's hit, uh, we might stop it there and then we'll ask, um, We'll see what happens. We'll put it together and then see if anyone watches it uh, and then get some feedback. Let's uh, Obviously, all we want to do is be putting out stuff that's irrelevant to the people that we're doing it for. So anyone that's got any questions, um, feel free to hit us up on social. Uh, keep.rolling, I think, is the handle. Uh, we'll be looking to put out more info. We'll try to slice this up a bit, um, but happy to take questions or anything like that. We can... Um, make it a Q and a, whatever we're, we're open to figuring out what we'll do with this. But I think the main thing that we said today is let's just start putting out some good content around uh, longevity in jujitsu. Sounds good. Uh, Anything to finish? What do you reckon of the, the flow roll is the name then? Flow roll. I think it, um, someone taking that. I I think it, yeah. Like with flow grappling and flow. Uh, Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Keep rolling. Yeah. Keep rolling. Now, why we call it a keep rolling? I want to keep rolling is just to keep you on the mats, really, I think. Yeah. So um, let's. Let's. Uh, what we're talking about. Let's pencil in the diary for next week. We'll do one a week, I reckon. And then 
gives us a chance to prepare a little bit. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, all right, cool. All right, I'll, uh, I'll stop recording. We'll see you. Um, how do I stop recording? We'll see you next week.